The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cap Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Cap Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the Power Cat Podcast for the last week before the off week. That's how I'm viewing it. We all need yeah. an off week, including the Kansas State football team. Tim Fitzgerald relegates it. Zach Carlson, your MC for this weekly event. Uh, K-State fell to 2-4, and 0-3. As they lost to Baylor. Come limping home to play an Oklahoma State team that is not limping as badly, but is also limping as they come into this game. Scott Fritchin with the scoop that both teams are unranked for the first time in a meeting since 2007. What? One team has always been ranked. What? That's pretty pretty amazing. Crazy. Of course, Oklahoma State lost at home on Saturday to Iowa State, so the... The natives are restless in the land of red dirt. And the natives are restless here in K-State Nation, too. It's frustrating times in Manhattan. We've got tons of questions from Wabash Station as we go through those for your weekly podcast. And we are brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. And I got I got stunning news for everyone. I, I, I don't want to admit this. I don't want to say this, but it, it's their ad. I think. It's a holiday beer time at the fridge. The holiday beers are arriving. Ooh. Like Halloween holiday? Uh, I think it's scary that they're already coming in, but I'm not going to go through all the holiday. We're talking Christmas. Oh, like uh, Christmas beers. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm simply because they tweeted out a bunch of them, and you should follow Shop Fridge on Twitter if you're on a Twitter person. Uh, but uh, I'm tangled in my cords, guys. I'm going to die. I have had the Shiner Holiday Cheer, and I'm a Shiner fan. I think Shiner's really good beer. Um, they do a number of beers exceedingly well. Well, there's a lesson there for a local brewery. Target in on really good stuff and just do that. What a nutty idea. Shiner Holiday Cheer. Uh, I like it, uh, but I'm not a big beer guy. If you'd like to sample I, uh... it, drop by the house. I still have some in the fridge from last year. Me. Okay. Give it to me. And I've got uh, another holiday beer that I bought there, and I'm totally spacing off what it was. Oh, it's a. I think it's a fat tire version. Huh. I believe of their holiday beer. Anyhow, get into the fridge. It's holiday time. Uh, if you're into pumpkin spice crap, I'm sure they have that too. They've got tons of Oktoberfest in right now. Well, of I course. I was in there last week. I got picked up the Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Uh, two weeks before that, I had the Boulevard Oktoberfest. I'm kind of getting into that right now. Beautiful. You're becoming one of those. Grow a beard. A craft beer wear, aficionado. Wear a fedora. Yeah. I love craft beer. You couldn't grow a beard, could you? I can't grow a great beard. I will admit it. I can grow a good chin beard. There we go. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. <laughs> there we go. Just grow the little little chin beard. I can beard. do a chin beard, but I can't do a full chin beard. Chin beard and, uh, and then a fedora, and that'll be the new Riley Gates. There's just one awkward spot. It's almost like someone zapped me right here with a... Anti-hair laser. I have that. I can't see you pointing to your face. I have that all over my head. The anti-hair laser was used on my head. I'm so sorry. Our first segment's brought to you by Tanner's. 
Riley, you've been doing the, the Sunday football thing. I was in there at Tanner's last night. For Monday Night Football? Yeah, well, I was going to Porter's for the Monday special, but Porter's doesn't have the seating capacity that Tanner's has, so like 10 people go and mm. it's full. So we went to Tanner's, and it was awesome because there was plenty of room for me to actually sit down and enjoy a nice meal. I do like Porter's, though. Miss Porter's is good. Billy Porter and I are good friends. It's a good man. <laughs> He's gone. He goes way back. But Tanner's is our sponsor, and the folks at Tanner's are amazing. I had the fajita last night. They had fajitas at Tanner's, or not fajita? The Philly. I'm sorry. Oh, the Philly is good. Whew. See, there was a Philly place in Aggieville, and I'm just de- and it was trash. And, oh, and it wasn't trash. Oh, it was not it, good. Oh. It was good. It if just wasn't you go the best have Philly. the Philly, it was fine at Tanner's. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It it is. Uh, <laughs> It is a very good Philly. It was better than the Philly place. Yes. If you're, if the name Philly is in your very being, if that, if you say you've got the best something, they didn't call it a Philly though. They called it uh, cheesesteak. Cheesesteak, wasn't it? No, they called it a Philly because they, they had Philly? chicken Philly. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. right. So call it a if, steak. if it's right there, you better be really good at it. I mean, let's let's just call a spade a spade. They're out of business. Tanner's is not. You got it. Like for There's example, still a chain. Zach, they if have I other locations. if I opened up Tim's Smelly Feet place, I would have the best Smelly Feet place in all of Aggieville. He's not wrong. He's, <laughs> makes a good point. There we go. So get into Tanner's. It's like Smelly Feet, but with food and alcohol. Okay. I can't believe we don't have letters in the mail. Please stop I don't know. talking stop. from... And, and Jeremy, the GM, listens. He listens. And and we're still friends. I don't know how this works. I don't. Uh, the fridge, of course, supplies all the alcohol you drink when you go to Tanner's. That's how this works. Here we go. Questions from Wabash Station. Here's Mr. Zach Carlson. From Jim Cat. who is supposed to teach tackling? Uh, the tackle coach. Next. Next. No. Uh, when, I grew up, when, when I grew up, uh, my dad was a football coach. Well, he was a football coach prior to my birth. By the time I'd become a human being, he decided to do something to pay the bills better. So he got into insurance. But he was still a football coach, and he scouted um, football for the local high school. He did all kinds of stuff. He most brilliant football mind I'd ever met until I met Bill Snyder. That's not God's honest truth. I learned a lot of football from Pat Fitzgerald. Um, he was also a fisherman. And you know what, as a coach, he kept in the closet at all times? Something called the tackle box. And I think that's where all the tackles were kept. <laughs> I, I went a I, long ways for that one, didn't I? I think you don't understand what a tackle box I, is. I went a long ways for that one. This team can't tackle. Holy and, crap. And, 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 folks, let's be honest here. I asked Bill Snyder about this on Tuesday. It's not about not being good at tackling so much. They're not athletic enough to be in position to make a good tackle. They're reaching with their arms because their legs and hips aren't good enough to get them in the right spot. They're not good enough to to be in the right spot at the right time. They're either not prepared enough in terms of uh, schematically understanding what's taking place. They're just not athletic enough. Or they're not strong enough. And honestly, I think that's Justin Hughes' issue. He missed spring football. He was off the team. And I think we're seeing the, the results of that. He missed a lot of conditioning. He would be bigger, stronger, faster. And maybe in such nano proportions you can't really visibly see it, but he might be in position to make more tackles. 
I, I just also, stuff like that adds up. I also think it's noteworthy. Justin Hughes said he's like, we got a lot of guys going for the big play, the big hit. And let's let's be real. Let's be frank here. Elijah Walker, Eli Walker, excuse me, Duke Shelley, uh, Daquan Patton. These are all guys that are, hey, I like to feel my swag a little bit. I like to yeah, I got make a problem. the camera if, real. If you lay your shoulder pad into someone and don't wrap up, I got a problem with that because that is just technique. Look, But a lot of these guys are diving for feet. This defense is full of guys that like to make the big hit, that like to be on Sports Center, And at the end of the day, they're looking to force fumbles and level some dude rather than just wrap up and make a tackle. Honestly, there's only one dude with the resume that can do that. That's Eli Walker. Yeah. The rest of them, quit. If you're not as good as Eli Walker at this, laying the big hit, then don't bother doing it, man. Just go go make a good tackle. Because I'm telling you, if you're Duke Shelley, making the big hits nice for SportsCenter, doing the fundamentally sound, perfect tackle in the open field will get you a job at the next level. That sells better than the headline of making Sports Center. Nobody in the NFL is going, well, he was on Sports Center. They're looking at your film saying, his fundamentals suck. From T. Everson, this was easily Skyler's worst game. How valuable was it that Snyder had, had no option to keep him in, but no option but to keep him in and have him figured out instead of benching him for Alex like in weeks past? Very, I think. Uh, look, I don't think we see it. I'm, I'm going to say it again. I don't think Skyler's a good starting quarterback. I, I think he needs to be – I've said this in my grades, my, my keys. He operates best at a pace. He throws the ball best when the offense is moving quickly. Plays are coming in, boom, let's go, boom, let's go. That's why he rallies the team at the end of games. But managing the clock through the course of the game, that's not his thing. And I don't think he ever gets in a groove doing it. It was a brilliant run by him. His, his sneaky speed showed up. Um, but throwing the ball, he was off the entire game. But he wasn't off against Texas in the second half when he came in, and it was running plays. Yeah, he was he was spot on, and that seems to be what they need to do. I know you don't want to get in shootouts with teams. I get that. I understand you don't think you're probably prepared to do it, but you had sixty some plays. And Baylor had 90-some plays. They ran 50% more plays than you did. Don't you think that puts you at a significant disadvantage? I think they need to crank up the pressure a little bit and get going. Particularly, they did that at Oklahoma State last year. They came out firing. And they played really well. Let's see what they do. I think Andre wants to do that. I just don't think... Bill is so much into uh, wanting to manage the clock, manage the clock, manage the clock. And they're losing time of possession at this point. I don't, I don't know what it was Saturday. I didn't really notice. But they lost time of possession a lot. They're not dominating time of possession. I don't doing any of that. They're giving up third downs on defense and not covering third downs on offense. From West Tejas Cat 50, why is Sebastian Taylor not playing? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm getting to this point. Look, I understand. Uh, the Bill Snyder way is to know the playbook, to make the right downfield blocks on your receiver, X, Y, and Z, this and that. I- I'm at the point where Dalton Schoen, Isaiah Zuber, Zach Reuter, yes, they're fine receivers. They're doing things the quote-unquote right way, but they're also not making plays. You know, The only way they're making plays is if they somehow get wide open, um, and that doesn't happen very frequently. 
And also, this is a very inept offense right now. Why not just shake it up a little bit? Why not grab Sebastian Taylor and say, hey, you know what? We're just going to drop a few plays for you. We're just going to see what happens at this point. Because I think him being punished for not knowing the playbook front and back completely, him being punished for missing a block here and there, I don't think it's the right way to approach it. I think you're leaving a valuable athlete on the sideline. This isn't a guy we hyped up a lot like Carlos Strickland and, you know, he never came to be. He has the talent. He has the size. He has the speed. We've seen it. I just... It does just doesn't make sense to me why he's not even ever on the field. I mean, he's not even getting peppered in. Why King Gill's getting peppered in more than Sebastian Taylor? Yeah, it's a little point. bit, but yeah, it's it's weird. It's at this point, it's weird. They yeah. don't have enough playmaking receiver. They've gone to Isaiah Harris a little more, but oh, come on, man, just try. See what happens. Try. What's the worst that can happen? You throw an interception in the double coverage? Oh wait. I get uh, now that I've seen linebacker play. I get why they haven't shuffled the deck a lot of linebacker. I get why Eric Gallon on the field. When I saw him, I'm like, oh, I get That's it now. Uh, but receiver, we've seen the kid play. He's got something there. I'm just amazed that kids can get so far behind um, in the perception of where they're at. It doesn't always match up to the reality, and they just never play. I, hey. You're, if you're four and two and two and one in the Big Twelve, okay, you don't have to change anything. But you're not, man. Try someone else. Give them a shot. Try someone else at returner. Could it be worse? Exactly. I mean, I want to see why Kim Gill. Someone do someone. These guys aren't returning well, and now they're turning the ball over. Stop. On the other side of things, from I Like Pickles Cat, why does Abdul Beecham still have a starting spot? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't even care. I, I, I would point. like to expand an answer. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, I if, if he's grading out better in the in the film room or whatever, I want to know what that grading process is. I hate to be at, so harsh on someone, but at this he's point, awful. <laughs> he, he's a senior and Josh Rebus is a freshman. I, I can get maybe you're grading him out better. But we've got to admit that at this point, the upside of Josh Rivas is much higher. Just go with it. I mean, look, you had to go to a new center last year. He wasn't real good at the start of the year, and he was really good at the end of the year. And now Adam Holtriff is recognized as a really good center. Just play the kids. Just play them. From Wildcat Wabash, every week on the pregame podcast, I hear horrifying stats about how this is the worst we've done offensively since Snyder's first year in 1989. What's the bar Andre Coleman has to get to by the end of the year not to be fired? Well, well Andre Coleman's not going to get fired. Like, is he alive? Could, he still has a job. K-State could score zero points the rest of the season. Andre Coleman's going to have a job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they'd have to go hire someone to take his place. Um I, the offense was better on Saturday, you got to admit. Skyler was off, so the passing game was off. I, I, th- I feel like Andre's settling in a little bit. And let's be honest here. The opponents right now are more manageable than Mississippi State and West Virginia and even Texas just based on athleticism. And Baylor's not nearly that level, and neither is Oklahoma State. Okay, let's see what he can do here. Let's, uh, I'm, I'm not really to, ready to pass judgment on either young coordinator. We were anyone, including myself, was seeing a possibly a bright and brilliant upside to the young coordinators were being foolish. There was a much darker downside. And, and I think 
I think that's just from a lack of of uh, experience with new coordinators. I mean, whenever there was a new coordinator, he was new to K State, but he wasn't a new coordinator. These are new coordinators, and they're learning as they go. And honestly, with Blake Siler got exposed a little bit on Saturday with giving up a lot of yardage. So, you know, I, I you, you mentioned you said Skyler, the passing game was down because Skyler was down. I mean, yeah, he didn't have the greatest game. His interceptions were awful, but I thought he was. I thought some of the plays that they drew up for him were pretty good. You know, that little swing right out to Dalvin. Oh, I love that play. Great, great call. But he was under throwing guys out in the flat. Yeah, he was doing that too. So that bothered me. From Purple Powerhouse, in the return game, has Isaiah Zuber lost his nerve, or is it just a lack of talent and experience on special teams? Yips. <laughs> yes, yips? yes, and yes. He's got the yips right now, doesn't he? I mean, he's got sure. the yips, but. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have – Coach Snyder said he's return, done it 100 times. No, he hasn't, Coach. It's brand new to him. I may have done it 100 times from practice. Yeah, but that's not the <laughs> that's game. That's not very many yeah. reps in practice either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, he hasn't. I mean, that. I, I'm surprised they haven't uh, gone to the Mitch running concept, honestly, on punts. And if you don't know that concept, it's from the early 90s. Mitch running was the worst-named player on the team. He was essentially – um, Zach Reuter back catching punts and his job was he wasn't Mitch running he was Mitch fair catching <laughs> once in a while he'd run if it was obvious but almost always he'd fair catch the ball not make a mistake I'm surprised they haven't gone to that I mean, Look, why not put Zach Reuter back there? Yeah, Look right. they, got, they got I told you this earlier at the press conference today and I'll stand by it now if you're catching the ball anywhere in the end zone, you should not be taking it out. You should be taking a knee, taking a fair catch, because you get the ball to 25. This group, yes. Until you can prove it to me right. that you're able to return it. And you know how you prove it to me? You don't catch one in the end zone. You catch it out, and you're forced to return it. But this is not a team that has any right to be taking it out of the end zone, let alone maybe you know, even close to being out of the end zone. I, if I'm a, If I'm a coach... The only way I'm letting you return it right now is if you are if you have to, right. and until you show me something because 25 yards is just too much position to give up when it's free. Doesn't even get to the 25 a lot. Yeah, I mean you're starting drives at the 13. I, if you're Tyler Lockett and you catch it one or two yards deep and it's the fourth quarter and you need to come back, I want I want to test the magic right there. I mean, maybe. but also also if you have an offense that can back it up in case you don't. I mean, I don't care if you put Tyler Lockett, Morgan Burns, anybody back there right now. The blocking isn't good enough to give him a hole. And I, and I asked Coach about that. The depth is showing up on special teams more than – and he admitted it. Yeah. That was what shocked me. He taught, he brought it up before I could ask. Um, they don't have the depth in scholarship players or walk-ons. The quality of depth in walk-ons isn't what it's been in the past, and it's showing up on special teams. Those other ten guys – wouldn't been the other 10 guys a few years ago. They would have been the backups. From Duckhook8. That's it. a new name. Did you agree with the targeting ejection on Walker? And could have intentional grounding been called on that play? Uh, yes and yes. Look, I never saw a replay that didn't show targeting. It looked like he led with his helmet, made helmet to face mask contact, and then pushed off. But I never saw a replay that showed anything differently. 
Does that make sense? They didn't have a definitive angle that showed him not making helmet to helmet. They called it on the field. How do you undo it? Yeah. So, yeah, from that standpoint, I agreed with it. I think he did make helmet to helmet contact before he shoved off with the arms. Uh, yeah, but intentional grounding. I think they didn't call the intentional grounding just because of the helmet to helmet. Like, exactly. it's almost like they ignored it. Right. That's exactly it. Ooh, I got targeting. That's all I got. Yeah. That's what I want. So, yeah. What a risky, like, you got to be smart. And, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier. Guys wanting to make a big hit. Guys wanting to force a turnover. Reggie shouldn't have made a hit like that. So here's the problem with the rule as it is. You can't launch at a guy, but you need to jump at him. But you can't make, you can't slap him in the headgear. So that discourages you from putting your hands up. You know, what are they supposed to do? I get that they can't launch, pin their arms back, and spear someone. I get that that's clearly against the rules, although it was allowed by Oklahoma State against Iowa State this weekend. <laughs> that they did exactly that. Front of the face mask, front of the helmet, right into the face mask, arms down, led with the helmet, just vaulted right into him with leading with his helmet. No call. And then Reggie gets called for that. So this is that's my problem with it. I didn't see anything to overturn it. It was called on the field. It was upheld. You won't see Reggie Walker the first half of this game. That That's where it hurts the most. You won't have him the first half against Oklahoma State. From KSU, man, Hughes is proving he should have been playing more. Who else do you feel should be playing at this time? Any true freshman with the new rule? Uh, Sebastian Taylor, wide receiver, need to put more talent on the field. Yeah, well, Hughes didn't play because he, he got kicked off the team yeah. this spring. He was in the doghouse. He was in the doghouse, and he was behind because he wasn't in spring football. So he worked his way back, and he's worked his way up, and and he's just now catching up. I mean, he really is. I he needs to be on the field. You need to let him make mistakes and learn until Elijah Sullivan's back. Period. Uh, Defensively, I I don't know, man. I they've look playing Hubert now. They're uh, I'm not sure. I don't think there's enough guys on the roster. He said freshman that you can oh, look freshman. at and say, hey, he, we should throw him out there for the four-game thing. Like, yeah, you can just roll the dice a little bit with some receivers or whatever, but, like, let's be real. If there's a freshman defensive end, I I don't know. I'm just guessing off the top of my head right now. Is he really going to come in and make an impact? Like, I'm telling you what, though. They, if they come home from Norman and they have to go to TCU and they're 2-6, and six, Play freshman. Yeah, I agree. Make he won't. Of this rule. He won't because it's change. It's different. He kind of opened himself up to it. But, you know, apparently John Holcomb isn't ready to get on the field yet. But, I mean, you found a way to make the offense acceptable for Michael Bishop. Can't you strip it down enough? I, I don't understand that. you, you got to find a way to get experience for these guys. And if you're 2-6, and six, particularly if you're 2-7 and seven after TCU, yeah. Do it, man. Because you're not going to get those 15 bowl practices. Treat that like the bowl practice. Right. Right. That's a rule change I want. I want, if you don't go to a bowl, you can add X number of practices onto spring. It's a rule change I want. Mm. And let's get rid of five bowls. I'll get rid of that. Ten bowls. I don't want to add 15 more practices on the spring. I don't think you add 15 because, let's be honest, you're not in bowl prep, you're not doing 15 full practices. I guess the way I see it is, what, are you really gaining that much by adding a couple more spring practices? I mean, mm-hmm. you are. You think? Yeah, you are. Okay. It's good teaching time. 
from Autumn Cat. After seeing what Texas did to Oklahoma and scoring 34 points against a conference opponent, are you more or less optimistic in regards to beating the remaining opponents? Uh, that doesn't – Texas-Oklahoma doesn't influence my opinion on this team. If anything, it confirms what I thought about Texas was that they didn't exactly take Kansas State all that seriously. I mean, throwing halfback passes, chanting B-O-U after the game – it's clear where everybody's well, head was that week. I thought K State played better in the second half, but it was really clear to me that Texas. Oh, we got this Sucked. one. It, we got it's nineteen nothing. We got this yeah. one. Um, I, there's nothing about me that's optimistic about this team. They're, right now, until they prove it to me, there's no offense was better. Defense went down. Special teams lost. The, honestly, folks, I truly believe that if you change two plays, one a week. K State might be four and two and two and one in the conference, and those are special team plays. They just jump out at you. They don't give up that punt return, and Texas doesn't score on that drive. The whole game changes. No, maybe Texas gets more locked in and focused and scores more points. I don't know, but I, I really believe the fumble of the second start the second half lost the game for K State. It was going to take a miracle once Baylor scored, changed momentum, changed the scoreboard. They almost pulled it off, but in the end, I was confident they were going to lose. You can't do that in special teams, and I know that because I've seen K-State do it to others. From Freuch 101, this is an odd situation. This team could have beat the now number nine team in the country, but they just lost to a subpar Baylor team. What happens from here? Does this team scratch and claw its way to three or four more wins, or do they lay down and die? Tune Make- in Saturday. What did you say, sir? Well, tune in Saturday. Oh, yeah. If they're going to scratch and claw, defending your home field against an unranked Oklahoma State team that's struggling is a must. It's a must win for me, not mathematically. I've been saying this on other shows. Not mathematically. I mean, you can still get bowl eligible mathematically and be 2-5 and five after this game. But realistically, emotionally, it's a must win. You have to beat Oklahoma State if you want to save any form of dignity out of this season. Yeah, I mean... I, there's no way they beat Oklahoma and TCU unless they just have, a, a, have the perfect storm. TCU is a little more tangible to me because they seem to have some issues right now. And if they, I'm eager to see Thursday night's game. Yeah, I'll also back up what Gary Patterson said today. You know, he said we played Ohio State and everybody thought we were great. Then we lose one game and suddenly we're awful. So. Uh, those are two, but you said it emotionally. You know, you lose to Oklahoma State, and then you've got at OU and at TCU. Talk about demoralizing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep, you lose Oklahoma State. That just kicks you in the gut. Yep, you get what probably will be run ruled at Oklahoma. Even though you can score some points, I think Kyler Murray's going to score a lot of points against you. And then now you're two and. But I'm also. I'm losing my math now. Two and six going to TCU and what is a must-win situation. Yeah. But I'm also on the boat of even if they win at Oklahoma State, I'm not exactly – or against Oklahoma State, I'm not exactly encouraged. Uh, yeah, it's better, but I still feel the same about Oklahoma. I still feel the same about TCU. I still feel the same about Texas Tech. I don't care how bad Texas Tech's defense is. They'll give you – you know, what, what's the saying? Uh, half the defense, double the points. And they'll triple the points. I mean, they've got three capable quarterbacks that can run that offense. So if, you, if you're if you thinking that Oklahoma and TCU are losses, 
for sure. I'm thinking tech is a loss for sure as well. Well, let's not go there yet. Uh, I'm still not fully sold on tech. I think they're legit, but I, I want to see. I'm I'm really banking a lot on Thursday night. I want to see yeah. this game, tech at TCU. I think that's big for both teams. But, but if you are saying that OU and TCU are losses, and folks, that's not a stretch. Those are road games against good teams. Then this is a must win. Yeah. That's six mathematically. losses. <laughs> mathematically, you need to win this, beat Tech, beat KU, beat Iowa State. But by God, at this point, if they don't beat Oklahoma State, all, Three and nine. They, they, they better beat KU. <laughs> yeah. They better beat KU. And David Beatty did something last year that nobody else has done against Bill Snyder since Mark Mangino wasn't there. Had his team ready to play. And maybe has been the only guy since since Mason was at Kansas that had his team better prepared. And I'm going to be honest, he might be coaching for a job that week. I mean, if he's not fired this week, oh, it's their Super he's Bowl. not going to get fired next week. He's not going to get fired the week after that. But if he beats Kansas State and takes KU to, what are they, 2-4 and four right now? So it would be 3-9, you 4-8. Know, and you beat Kansas State. If they go get another win along the line and beat Kansas State, because that's like two wins in one. It's tough tough to fire him. Mm-hmm. You don't think David Beatty knows that? Mm-hmm. He knows it. Mm-hmm. Last question of the first half from Pickles. Pickles. Uh, what is your We're prediction? We're not even going to give him his full name. Yeah, We already said it once. For, oh. We made the first reference, and now we're making it. <laughs> You know? Second reference, he's pickles. Second second reference. Uh, prediction, what is your prediction for attendance against Oklahoma State? Not good. <laughs> Not good, especially if it's 60% chance of rain as we sit here right Let's now. Let's outline all the factors. It's morning. Kansas State's 2-4. and four. It's an 11 a.m. kick. It's supposed to be very rainy. It's homecoming, so... We've had one dry game all year, I think. It's homecoming, so people are going to be out celebrating the night before. It doesn't. Does it's, that really happen? I mean, That's people drink on a Friday when it's a Friday just because it's Friday. Right. I mean, it's, hand madness. I mean, yeah. this oh, is not over exactly. For madness. Yeah, uh, it's, it's got to be the opening of some hunting season. That always happens. It's close to. I think it's close to deer season. Actually. I don't know. I have no. I'm not a hunter. Unless it's already been deer season. I don't know. I don't know. It, Turkey season. Maybe. I'm predicting know. it'll be noticeably. Empty in the middle of the first quarter. Not empty, less crowded. It'll be more crowded in the second than in the first. And then it'll be wiped out by the third. Depends on the game. They're playing well. Does it, though? Yeah, if it's a rain. Does it, it depend doesn't. on the game? <laughs> it doesn't. Let's, let's, let's be honest. I don't even High def TVs made us all soft. We don't want to sit through the rain. And I don't blame people. I'm in the press box. I wouldn't sit in the rain. I wouldn't sit in the heat. I wouldn't. No. But also. I'll sit in the rain for you guys. There we go. Zach's going to take it I'll take for one for the you. team. You got it. Zach, Zach's one of the only camera people. Well, I guess TV people. I mean, Zach has rain equipment. He's going to sit through the rain no matter what. Since I, up. Since I bought that rain gear, there has only been one, one game. Now, nah, two games. One last season, one this season, where I haven't taken it to the stadium to at least wear. Hey, he's going to have highlights regardless. Yeah, it, if it's rainy... A thread of rain, a little bit cool. Uh, and and Taylor Cornelius throws three touchdowns in the first quarter. Got it. <sighs> it's going to be bad in the first half and atrocious in the second half. We'll just say this. I am confident gate revenue is dropping. 
I'm confident known attendance, now that they've scanned, they know exactly what it is that those numbers have dropped. And they will be bad on Saturday. Bad on Saturday. Signs of trouble. The family is not happy and the waters are not calm in Manhattan. And that's exactly what we're going to get to in the second half. There we go. You are listening to the PowerCap Podcast, and it is sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. And the first half is brought to you by Tanners, and we will return. The PowerCap Podcast continues shortly. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Auto-correct your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. We now return to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. I can't even tell you the emotional journey we've been on as a podcasting trio, talking about all things not related to this podcast in between segments. Sometimes we flow right into things. I thought we were going to do that this week. We did not. Sometimes we are out of here by shut up mid-afternoon. Tim Fitzgerald relegates Zach Carlson. We have you know what around a lot in this podcasting endeavor we're not being good good stewards of our own time nope nope hey we are brought to you by fridge Tulsa liquor and they are a great steward of liquor and beer if you need someone to show you the way to lead you to the promised land of alcoholic beverages go to the fridge it's like the holy land of booze. Huh. Sure. That was sacrilegious and effective at the same time. <laughs> uh, and this segment is brought to you by Wahoo Fire and Ice Grill. When uh, you're in Aggieville and you need a place to go eat, uh, you should probably just stop into Wahoo and eat a lot of food, particularly on Thursday nights for Fajita Night. We haven't promoted Fajita Night enough lately. I haven't been there. I, I know. Get back there. It seems like we've been busy on Thursday nights. I feel like our cadence of our schedule has changed a little bit since uh, we switched over twenty four seven. I agree. I actually do. Agree I mean, it's with not that. like we're doing kind of the same amount of work. We're doing some different stuff. Well, you guys, the Friday night stuff is is different, but I just feel like our rhythm of work is different. We're in a different mode. I agree. And well, I just we can't describe it. But is it because we're no longer in Aggieville and now we're in downtown? Could be. So we're we've acting, grown up. We've grown up. We're acting more adult. I gotta tell you, 
I, some days I miss the Aggieville office, but not many. People in Aggieville are stunned. How much you miss it? No, not really at all. I don't have to step over vomit or fight for parking. I kind of miss it just because it felt... <clears throat> I, I mean, you think of Manhattan, you think of Aggieville. Not that I don't like being here, but it's like, oh man, we are part of the thing. You know? As someone who eats a lot of fast food... I miss it. Well, that that is the biggest thing. I mean, you still go right now. A lot look, of fast food. Let's be no, honest. But like, it's like options. Like, I I don't go to Aggieville anymore to eat. Like, I, I haven't miss, eaten I fuzzies, fuzzies for probably with you. a year. Zach and I dominated. We probably single-handedly kept fuzzies open there for a few years. I mean, it's still. Are open. we really talking about fuzzies? When Wahoo's the sponsor of this segment? Are we really Sorry. doing that right now? But hey, I agree. I we like used pepper to, jacks. We used to duck out and <laughs> eat a lot when we were in Aggieville. Uh, and now when you duck out, there are some fine choices down here. Like the other day we walked down to the chef, Fritch and I. It was yeah, delicious. You were awake for breakfast? No, no, no. He went for lunch. It was lunch. <laughs> okay. It was lunch. I was awake for breakfast, but I that was the day. It was a Thursday. I did my Powercat Game Day segment. And then I met Dave Lewis from KMAN down there. Marcus met us. It was very nice. They had a little date. Did you? Does this surprise you that everyone knows Fritch there? No, it doesn't because I was eating breakfast there one day, and I was telling someone, "Yeah, my one of the guys I work with, he comes here almost daily for breakfast." And then who walks in? D. Scott Fridgen. <laughs> hey, man, what's going on? Yep, that's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's uh, I love the chef. But if you're in Aggieville, go to Wahoo. They don't serve breakfast. They open up for lunch. Hey, breakfast Sunday brunch. Sunday brunch. Folks, you come to the game on Saturday, and if you're staying the night. Um, That's actually not a shameless plug. <laughs> you if sh- you're staying the night, and you should, because look, you got an 11 a.m. game. If you're if you're like in my age bracket or younger, but a K-Stater, and you love Aggieville, get a hotel room. You got Uber. Go do the thing, man. You got a morning game. Look, old people like me, you can go nap post-game. Go out, have fun, go eat a little brunch on Sunday at, at Wahoo. You will not regret any of those decisions. Not a shameless plug, probably the best brunch you can get. Here we go. I'm told the second half of this week's Power Cat podcast gets a little spicy. Speaking of the fajita night at Wahoo, uh, as we plunge into maybe our first ever Bill Snyder segment. Of William the, the Conqueror. Conqueror. Conqueror? Conqueror. Conqueror. Here we go. From Yo Mama. What direction is the wind blowing with the money folks? Are they in full dumpster fire mode yet? I'm going to be real honest here. John Curry developed some different money folks. So I'm fairly well plugged into the previous money folks, but not, I mean, folks like the ISIS. I mean, I know them. I can talk to them, but they're not calling me up, telling me stuff or, you know, I'm not saying anyone does, but we're not on a that kind of relationship. The winds are moving towards change. They are. They they are. Even people you would be surprised. I, they just, most of these people are successful business people. I mean, it's not like the Veneer family just inherited all their money. I mean, the new generation has, of course. But, I mean, Jack and Donna built that from the ground up. Now they're not as involved anymore because of health reasons. But they... John's been very successful in business. I'm just using him as an example because I've been friends with the Veneer family a long time. Um, and and for full cl- disclosure, they are investors. They, But they know how to run a business. So for them, for folks like that, K-State football is 
a hobby worth giving to, not just in the form of tickets, but significant amount of money. But they also want to return on their investment. They don't want to build a bunch of cool facilities and have a losing team. And they want energy in the business. So, yeah, I think it's moving towards change. But you, you maybe this question comes up. Is there a wind or any push that will move Bill Snyder in any direction other than the one that, that he damn well pleases? That's the big question. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the answer. Maybe maybe he'll get there on his own, or maybe he has to be pushed if a change is needed. It's too early to know that or even to talk about that until it's really time to discuss it. <laughs> then you're not going to like the next 10, 11 questions. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they're not going to fire the guy right now. Yeah. And he's not going to retire right now. From I Like Pickles Cat, I don't think Bill should be able to run the program into the ground, but has he not earned the right to have a bad year? <sighs> Look, I understand where he's coming from on that. Yeah. Yes. You can't you can't sit here and, you know, get mad at him because one year he misses a bowl game. I understand that. I guess I think the way a lot of people are looking at it though is you hit your peak in two thousand twelve on put two point you at your peak on 2012. You kind of almost got there again in 14. Things were going well, but ever since then, I mean, well, let's let's be real. It's kind of been a slow decline. I mean, six and six, seven and five, seven and five, and then this year. So, I think, I think it's more not just this season that has people upset. It's the six to seven wins every year. Which some programs would take, but also finishing ninth and tenth in the recruiting rankings, finishing here, you know, it, it looks like it's going down before it's going up. And I think this has been the boiling point of, man, all these frustrations are starting to come to light. And now K State is a two and four football team. I, I will accept the whole premise of the question, and I agree with him. That was a few years ago when they went six and six and played their fifth string quarterback. That was everything going wrong. And and nobody really would have said, this is horrible, we need to change, if they'd gone 4-8 and eight and they're playing a receiver at quarterback. I mean, K-State fans aren't stupid. They grew up with football, or they understand what it takes to be good in football. They get it. And that's why they can look at this right now and say, this isn't a bad year. This is an erosion of the program. Even Coach Snyder basically admitted it at Tuesday's press conference, they don't have the depth or the talent right now to overcome these issues. While he doesn't connect that dot, that's recruiting. Whether it's recruiting scholarship players or walk-on players, the overall talent of the roster has deteriorated. Not saying they don't have good players. They do. They don't have enough. Not saying they don't have some great walk-ons. Not enough. In the past, they had enough. Right now, they don't. And I don't know how, if they go four and eight or even five and seven this year, how you look at next year will be better. How do how do you you lose some key components on both sides of the ball? They just lost DJ Reed and Byron Pringle, and let's be honest, nobody in the big scope of things has replaced either one of those players, most notably in special teams, let alone offense and defense. 
so your next right tackle won't be as good as Dalton Reisner. I mean, you just go through the list, and you're and granted they're not going to have a ton of seniors, but who's the next quarterback? Excuse me, cornerback when Duke Shelley leaves. Do you really sit here and say, well, that freshman is da-da-da? Well, we don't know. And Bill doesn't think they're good enough to play, even if it's four games at the end of the season and get to redshirt. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I The the problem is, I think the question here is, is this one bad season or a trend that will play out worse in 2019? And I think that's really the answer. If you just think it's one bad season, okay. But if you think it's going to be repeated in 2019 and maybe worse, then hold on. That's a whole different thing. That's That needs addressed. From Wagcat, how do you guys feel about Snyder ignoring Kellis Robinette's question? Curious. It's interesting and also frustrating at the same time. It's frustrating because he's done nothing wrong. He well, didn't ask anything wrong. From our standpoint, he's done nothing wrong. From from in the world in which Bill Snyder has created for himself, you don't talk to, quote, sources that give you inside information. And I could accept that being the reason if it was Kellis drops that story on a Wednesday, like he, or I guess he dropped it on Tuesday, whatever day he dropped it, and then the next football game he refuses to talk to him, and then the next Tuesday he refused. But we went through yeah. two meetings with Coach Snyder before this, so I'm not sh- That's probably why, but... I don't know. Or he came in late. He was late because of the janky system at Baylor and the fact that he has to submit an instant game story to the Kansas City Star. Uh, There's. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm relying on you because I wasn't there. I don't think he should be next questioning unless it's a really unfair, unprofessional question. Like the guy that came in and out of context that one year. Ask about the Pat Roberts thing. Yeah. You know, that coach lost his school on that. Mm-hmm. In some ways, he should have. And in some ways. And I understand. Look. And in some ways, the context is different. It was some dude from L.A. that was sent in as a hitman. This is a beat writer. You need to have a relationship with him. Yeah. But also, you know, I know there are a lot of people out there that will say coach doesn't have to answer the media. Yeah, the media doesn't control him, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But there was something about his mood in that game. He wasn't put – I understand he doesn't have to tell us anything, not, and we should be lucky that we get to talk to him. He's not telling us anything. But also, when I ask him how he swallows going 0-3, starting 0-3 in the Big 12, and he says, drink more water, that's what my doctor tells me. Look, that's an answer you can get away with when you're winning some games and you get to be funny – I had a I I, I'm, I took an issue with it. I guess well, I'm saying. well, I I get it. Yep. And how much, how do I want to put this? For years, he was able to control the information in his program. He's not. He's mad at Kellis for getting the information, but really, he's mad that the information was gotten. I mean, he's pissed. Someone in his program is talking like that. Now, have they lashed out at other people? who are somehow tied to the program. I'm not going to get into specifics, whether, you know, distant or close, that have said stuff, asked stuff, tweeted stuff. Yeah, they've they've lashed out in what I think are grossly inappropriate ways. And 
sought revenge professionally against people that didn't deserve it. And I, this is a new thing. This, this intolerance of media asking you the hard question. If I'm, I'm all for not wanting the unfair question or the attack question, but just the challenging question, what's up with special teams? That's not a hard question. That's, that's a very relevant question. And at $3 million a year, you answer that question, whether it's from Kellis Robinette, Tim Fitzgerald, or some dude from New York who's in that you don't have any relationship with. He was in, I think, he's a very, at the end of the day, he's a self-aware man. And I think today, being Tuesday, he came into the press conference with a better control of his thoughts and emotions. And maybe how we started the press conference played a role in that, but I just think he was on firmer footing to handle that press conference. Because I asked him about special teams, and we got an answer. From me, Monica, is K-State unique in the fact that so many alumni and Bill Snyder coaching disciples are on our staff? What is the industry standard for quote-unquote family Look, hires? I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. That'd take going through a bunch yeah, of staffs. You know what? I have to go. And the only place you could really apply that to is when Bowden and Paterno were aging. I mean, there's some similarities there. I mean, we know Paterno had his son on the team or son on the coaching staff, and he wanted him to be the head coach. So there's some real similarities there. But as far as the rest of the coaches, I don't know. But there's no question K-State's among the top. I mean, nearly every coach is tied to the program, and people inside the program are tied to the program. There's some incestuous reasons for that. He wants people that he knows and kind of can control. Um who also know the system. Uh, but the, the other downsides that is right now he can't go very far outside the program. They had to give Brian Norwood a two-year contract to get him here. Coordinator-wise, you weren't going to get anyone. He, but they generally th- thought they had two good young guys that could do it. Okay. Also, let's be real honest. If you're getting a job at K-State – you better be prepared for what it's like to work for Bill Snyder because it's not easy. It is not easy. He is as demanding a boss as you will ever imagine having. Not have, imagine having. It is relentless, nonstop, and you've never done enough. That's just the way he is. It's the... What would be satisfying in your quarterback play? I'm never satisfied is always his answer, and it always will be. And that's true for coaches. And you have to be the right person, and you have to understand that, or you are going to be waving, battling the wind the whole time you're here and drive yourself insane. Some guys, I I couldn't do it. I've built a company. I've worked 80, 100 hours a week. I couldn't do it with the demands he puts on you. And a lot of coaches are that way, too. They want the Thursday night family night. They want – that's not unreasonable at all, by the way. They, they want, you know, to be able to go home before the kids have gone to bed. It doesn't happen at Kansas State, folks. It doesn't happen. Kids playing a high school football game on Friday night? Well, you're probably not going to make it. I expect you to be here late on Friday night preparing for the 11 a.m. game.
So just stuff like that. You got to you got to understand what you're getting into, and his people get it. If you're Zach Hansen and you choose to come back to Kansas State, you know exactly what the coaches have gone through because you watched it. You saw it, and you knew the, knew the demands that were put on players. So Zach knew exactly what he was getting into. None of it was a surprise. So that's part of the reason. Also from me, Monica, is there any truth to the Bill is trying to stay as long as he needs to to get Sean the job aspect as to why he is still the head coach? I mean, it's always been true to an extent. I mean, he's openly admitted that that's what he wants, so I don't think that – you can say that he isn't sticking around a little bit for that. But I I mean, unless we have a bad gauge on the situation right now, I think a lot of people are kind of starting to maybe agree that it might not happen, Sean, being the head, next head coach. But maybe it is, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I think maybe even coach is kind of realizing it's a tough sell to sell a special teams coordinator as the next guy. Yeah, no matter how stubborn you are. Um, it's not the sole reason he's still coaching, though. I mean, he's still coaching because he still wants to coach. He still wants to be the head coach of K-State. But I, I don't, can't help but feel that that's a little bit of a reason. I mean, I don't think that that's out of line to think that, that thought. Well, I, I'm going to expose my latest theory on this right here on the podcast. It's become an excuse to stay to himself. I want Sean to be the next head coach, so I'm not going to leave until it happens. And he knows damn well it's not happening. He knew it under John Curry. John Curry made it very clear Sean was not going to be head coach at Kansas State. And that became the fulcrum of the hatred between the two men. And he was always going to outlast John Curry. He was not going to let John Curry... Not hire a son, but just hire anyone. Because he thought, and he's probably, he might be right, Ron Prince is exactly the type of guy John Curry would hire for a football coach. A great, great man. All hat, no cattle. John, that, now he didn't do that in, in basketball. You can argue that Bruce Weber's no hat, all cattle. He's just a work, work, work guy and no flash to him. Um, but he, that was his fear. And so it kind of became about, he's not going to hire Sean, so I'm going to stick around. Da, da, da. Now he's into Gene Taylor. Now, will Gene answer the question, are you going to have a, would you consider Sean Snyder? He's going to give you the political answer. But if I had to sit here and, and, and make a guess, there's no way in hell he's going to hire a special teams coordinator with so little experience outside of this program. So, so few. This gets back, who, who's he going to hire if he's not hiring K-State people? That's really all he knows. People that come through the program or played in the program. Now he probably has other friends in it, but I don't know that. I, I, that's really the rub there. So I don't think Gene Taylor would hire Sean, and I think it's just become an excuse for him not retiring. I want Sean to have it. You're not going to give it to Sean? Okay, I'm going to stick around. I, I've been saying it year after year. I keep thinking he's going to retire, but now I don't think he's going to retire until two, one of two things happens. He is fired or he dies. Now, maybe there's a third scenario. Maybe there's some self-awareness that I just spoke about, and he's going to retire if they're three and nine. Four and eight, I've been told that will happen. We'll see. 
Will Gene Taylor, Taylor ever fire him? I don't know. I don't. That's a question. You talk about a question you'll never get an answer to. No, he's not going to ever admit to that. What happens if they go to 2-10 and ten and lose to KU? <laughs> a lot of people upset. <laughs> so, it's all interesting, man. But I think it's just be kind of become an excuse. Sean will not be the next head coach unless there's a great power play happening behind the scenes that I don't know about. From T. Everson, did you notice that there wasn't a lot of social media hoopla around Coach's birthday on Sunday? I remember in years past it being a much bigger deal. Yes. I did notice that, but it was a Sunday, too. I was I, I was wor- worshiping the land of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Why? He threw two picks. They still look He sucks. <laughs> no, I, I actually, I mean, I put that question in there because I did, I did find it odd. I think it was just because it didn't fall on a weekday. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sunday birthdays on the I mean, Facebook wall aren't a great day. But also... <laughs> He's probably scrolling through going, nobody wished me a happy birthday on Facebook. But also, and maybe I'm wrong because they've never done it, or maybe they did it and I didn't see it. I didn't even see that. I mean, the athletic department didn't even... Oh, they don't do that. No, he doesn't want them to do that. Really? He doesn't want us to know when his birthday is. <laughs> That's information. No, seriously, he doesn't want anything made of it. No. Yeah, okay. I thought it was odd, Tim. I'll just say that. He's he, he's he, that <laughs> wasn't his <laughs> his 79th birthday, folks. He's in his 80th year. Look, when you're on the beat and your last name is Everson, you don't get to have an, a hidden identity. That's a good way to bum out someone who turns 29 and they say, "Man, next year I turn 30." I'm like, "Well, technically you're in your 30th year. You'll celebrate your 30th birthday at the end of that year." Oh. oh. So the coach is in his 80th year on the planet. It's amazing. Okay. From T and Cat, what are the chances that Bill Snyder realizes he isn't going to be able to turn this year around and announces before the oh. end of the year that he's going to step aside so Gene Taylor can start to start the search to bring in someone that will make a greater commitment to recruiting? Well, even if he announces he's going to step aside, let's, let's say he does, okay? He's not going to admit that he can't turn it around. He's going to think he can win any games remaining. They come. They come home from TCU at two and seven, and he says, "Okay, this." He thinks of the program first. This program needs some new blood. Let's do this. Let's go get one of our guys. Try to keep Sean on. Try to keep as many coaches on. That needs to be his next play. The his great miscalculation of two thousand five was thinking, or was forgetting that retiring, was firing his coaching staff. The guy who doesn't like to fire anyone fired everyone. And then they had to be rehired, and only a couple guys were, Sean and Mo Lattimore. So his next play needs to be, play is not really, his next move needs to be, he's trying to manage his transition. I can't protect everyone, but let's see how many guys we can keep on, because I think there's good coaches. Mm-hmm. They, but they've been winning. And, and he's never going to do it. I know he did it, but he's not going to do it before the season's over because what does that do? That makes this season about Bill Snyder. It doesn't make it about the 2018 Kansas State football team. And that's the last thing he wants. And, and he did it last time. And I don't think he's going to do anything like he did it last time. And I wish he would because let's be real. People deserve to say goodbye. That They deserve that. And he deserves the send-off, even if it's 3-9. and nine, Okay? People are going to be pissed that they suck that bad. 
But I guarantee you, if they were, even if they lost to Kansas, because they play Texas Tech after Kansas, right? No, it's before Texas Tech's before Kansas is senior day. No, Texas Tech is senior really? day. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. in my head wrong. even if they lose to Kansas and they are a two-win team playing Texas Tech, there will be yeah. there will be fifty thousand people in that stadium ready to cheer him off. They look. There won't be fifty in there. I guarantee it. There wasn't. It I wasn't disagree. Sold out for Missouri. They didn't sell out a smaller stadium for the first time around for Missouri. Okay, maybe but there not. will be a very passionate crowd. There was a great crowd against Missouri, even though it wasn't jam packed. I do agree with you. There will be a lot of people there. What's different is they get to go on the road. And if we know ahead of time that this is coaches last year, people will still be upset that they're losing. But I think it just changes the tone a little bit. Okay, mm-hmm. and and it paints a better picture for the end, which is what we need right now. Now, I say they get to go on the road. What I like about that is there will be no place greater for a send-off that's not home than Iowa State. Those fans will would be really good to him. Yeah. They get it. You know, it's not like you're closing at West Virginia or Texas or maybe Oklahoma, real honestly. Yeah. Oklahoma fans have the utmost respect for Bill Snyder, not just because 2003, because of Bob Stoops. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's all just wild speculation. From Purple Powerhouse, I can see that this isn't working anymore. Coaching staff uh, dissension, awful recruiting, speculation that players are beginning to quit on some of the coaches, and now we're back to needing to be rebuilt. I don't think Bill has any rebuilding left in him. Isn't it reasonable that if we go winless the rest of the way, major changes needed at the top? Um, there's always been coaching dissension. What's different is you're hearing about it. There's always been player dissension. What's different is you're hearing a lot about it. Now there's a lot more now. We're hearing, we're not going to get into it, we're hearing a lot of talk about a lot of players that plan to leave. Look, yeah. I've, I've heard these stories before. John Curry created one hell of a fairy tale about everyone leaving if Frank Martin stuck around and ended up in total <laughs> bogus crap. One guy was leaving. But this is real. I think there's something tangible going on here. There is some. There is an issue bigger than normal in the program. And part of it, and the fact that you're hearing about it is a symptom of that. Things aren't the way they used to be. Things are getting out. There is some trouble in there. And certainly at 2-10, and 10, winless out, I I don't know how you keep on this path. When having the context of the earlier Pickles question, you know next year is there's not like a wave of talent coming that's going to change the world. Well, and what didn't we have in 2005? We didn't have Twitter so athletes could get on their notes app and write a goodbye to Kansas State. There were plenty of players leaving the program then. There's been players leaving the program every year. But in this day and age of social media, when everybody knows who you are... And you hear from ex-players. Yeah. Your voice gets heard a lot more. From Cliff Clavin 754 how damning of KSU's recruiting is it that a Matt Campbell Iowa State squad with all their injuries has so much more quality depth than K-State has, and Campbell has only been there for three recruiting classes? I mean, I think that just speaks to the approach, the style of, of recruiting. Matt Campbell's a young, energetic guy who knows the importance of tweeting things, of texting and calling kids on a 
daily basis or whatever the rules are. I don't know what the rules are by off the top of my head. He knows the importance of sending his coaches on the staff in the season or on the road in the season, excuse me. He gets that. He understands it because he's younger. He knows what the day, what this is about. And Bill Snyder, he just doesn't do it. We know that. We're well aware of that. So I think that those younger, uh, energetic guys, a guy like Tom Herman is set up to succeed at Texas because it's Texas. But also, what does he have? He has a different approach than Charlie Strong had. Okay, He does better with his recruits than Charlie Strong did because – he understands it better. So, like we, you know, I think we've been saying it for years. Well, it's the approach. Matt Campbell's the real deal. Exactly. It's 1991 in Ames. <laughs> it's so true. It's year three. They're improving, but they're not over the hump. Now, they're not starting from the low spot that Kansas State was, but I would argue the hill is higher now in the context of college football. You got higher to climb to get where you want to go. Um, so, they might have the same distance to go. They're just starting further up the hill. But it's 1991, and if he's Bill Snyder, he's still two years away from really having a breakthrough moment, even though they've done a bull. Get the metaphor here. Really, things didn't break. If, if there had been <clears throat> there had been this many bulls back then, they would have gone to a bull when they were six and whatever. They would, they, they would have been in. But now, for them, the breakthrough would be finishing second, third in the conference in year five of Matt Campbell. When you hear him, when you watch how he does things, he's very Snyder-esque. Yes. With all the things that you've criticized Snyder for not doing, which mostly is recruiting. So, But that tells you that the right guys are out there, and if Bill Snyder does retire, step aside or whatever, it doesn't have to be on the tree. Matt Campbell has no tie to Iowa State. Bill Snyder had no tie to Kansas State. The right guy might be in the family, or he might not be in the family, but the right guy can be out there, and if they take the right approach, and I think really the questions to ask yourself if you're Gene Taylor is, is he a good fit in the community? Tom Asbury wasn't. Ron Prince wasn't. Bob Huggins was. And certainly Bill Snyder has been. So... Does he fit into the community? Does he fit into the culture? And does he gonna, is he going to grasp the, the large, arching concepts that it takes to be successful at Kansas State? You're not going to come in here and land the five-star kids. You're not going to do it in Ames. They've gotten one or two, but one of them was from Ames. Um, and so, you know, what it takes is grinding. What it takes is preparing and being a really good football mind. So that's a lot of things to ask for. But Ron Prince was none of those things. Well, he was a football mind, but he was a nutty football mind, a mean-spirited football mind. He was such a bad fit into the community. There's so many people out there that might be the right guy. So just sitting around saying, well, we're going to go back to where we were, it just doesn't serve a purpose. From TNCAT, there is no doubt that KU Athletic Director Jeff Long will be letting David Beatty go at the end of the year, if not before the end of the year. If we do not make ourselves uh, make a move ourselves this year, is it hard to not see that it won't take a new coach Long at Kansas to move their program ahead of ours? Same scenario of last time. They got Mangino up and running. And he got him going, and then he kicked Ron Prince's ass. So, yeah, I agree with that. Now, David Beatty pulled a dirty trick on 
A.D. Long by playing well at West Virginia because they were going to torch him. Yeah. You lose by 30 points in Morgantown. We got an off week next week. Associate head coach Clint Bowen becomes interim once again, and the search starts. Um, I think he knows who he's going to hire. I don't know who that is, but I think he knows. I mean, surely he knows. Brett Bielema. I don't see that. <laughs> I don't think Brett's coming back to college. But I, I think he knows, and I, I, do, I don't disagree with the concept. If they hire the right guy, it's all about the right guy. That's the if, thing. If, if they had hired Charlie Weiss instead of Mark Mangino, they would have still sucked. It, it's not impossible to win at Kansas. Okay? No, no We've it's seen not. it. And it's just going to take the right guy. It's not impossible to win Kansas. They they have a huge advantage in recruiting, and it is basketball. Basketball. They can roll people into that environment and sell them. That's this is what it's going to be like at football, which is a total lie. But we're talking about sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old kids, and that sounds great. From Garcat one two seven six one. I hate to admit, but it is time for Coach Snyder to retire. Who do you seriously believe will be the next Kansas State coach? I mean, well, let's, when that time comes, we will have a hot board. Yeah. I, I have always been a Jim Levitt fan. I don't care if he's 60, uh, and I don't care if you think that's way too young compared to a 79-year head coach, 79-year-old head coach. Uh, he's 60 going on 40. Um, he really is. He's an active, active recruiter. Most 60-year-old coaches are not on the recruiting trail attacking it like he is um, at Oregon. I He's just my guy. Yeah, I always felt like he was the best assistant coach Coach Snyder had on that initial staff, and he had Mangino and Stoops. He built South Florida from nothing. Nothing. I've said this before. I don't think any coach has been hired at an institution and changed it more than Bill Snyder and Jim Levitt. South Florida was a big school, always has been. They didn't have Division One football. He went there, started a program. They ended up in a major conference briefly until the Big East collapsed. But they're still a very well-known institution. That's That wasn't because they added football, because they got good at football. And Jim Levitt did it from the ground up and quickly. I think I still think he's the guy. I think he gets it. He understands it. Um, but he, like I said, he's not the only guy. I mean, Maybe Brent Venables can do it. I just prefer experience. I just prefer it. He's not the only guy, Jim Levitt, but also the Kansas State job feels like one that you're going to predict who's going to be the next guy, right? I mean, you've got Jim Levitt, you've got Brent Venables, you've got uh, the the North Dakota State guy. I mean, you've got this circle that... Those are your three guys that you can point to. Right, and it feels like... It's kind of like the president search was a year or two back, you know? Everybody, you know, they said they did a search... They said they were looking at candidates, but everybody kind of knew Richard Myers was going to get that job. So that's just the way I see it. Well, and there's some similarities there. There really are. in the fact that you're looking at the next coach like you were that president, not to be the permanent long-term solution, just the guy that will get you to the guy. Who can build this thing up and get you to the the long-term guy? And I think if you hire Jim Levitt, you're understanding that it's a five to ten year hire if things go well. You know, it's three year hire if they don't. But if they go well, maybe maximum ten years. Five. Jim Levitt's not going to be here at seventy nine. No, he's not. Gonna, I don't think he's going to be here at seventy one. Just my guess. But he is the guy that hires the guy 
that takes it over. And maybe that's Andre Coleman. Maybe that's Blake Seiler. Maybe that's someone we don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I just feel like, like President Myers, it's a transition thing. This is getting us to the next person. Now, I don't know who, if it's anyone on this current administration academically, but I feel like, and maybe if you can identify the next guy. I'm a Ricky Ronnie fan. And you can't look at Penn State's offense and say, well, they haven't missed they haven't missed a beat now that Ricky's the head coach. And you want to tie to Snyder? Well, you got one. It's a shoelace. But he he was the survivor of the Ron Prince hires. Mo Lattimore and Sean survived, but those were Snyder guys. Ricky Ronnie survived because everyone knew he's one hell of a football coach, even when he was young. And he was on Snyder's first staff. Then James Franklin got the job at Vanderbilt, and off he went. And here we are. He's the offensive coordinator at Penn State. If you want to take an absolute gamble on a, on a coordinator that's young and up and coming, and Brent Venables, who's not young anymore, he's 50-ish, but doesn't want the job, I could roll with Ricky Ronnie because I got a good feeling about him, but I still think they're gonna they're gonna get hire the guy to you know what he he's gonna be brought in to do calm the waters, get things settled down, get things in system. This is how we recruit in the modern era. This is how we do things in the modern era. And now five ten years down the road, I'm passing it off to this guy. And maybe that's Mike Eckler. Maybe it's someone that Jim Levitt's going to bring in with him. But that's what that's what I think this hire is going to be about. It's going to be just kind of setting the foundation for the future. And this coach probably won't be the long-term guy. Last question of the second half from Purple Powerhouse. Let's assume no coaching change is imminent, mainly because I'm not convinced that Gene Taylor has the cojones to force the issue. That's Spanish for testicles. But how does this staff get the team turned around? How do they get recruiting turned around? Is that even possible? Okay, here's the, here's the problem. I'm sorry I'm so dominating this. That's my, that's that's my thing today. It. I started at the press conference dominating. And I'm hey, it's your website. Um, here's, here's the problem with that. When things go bad, what does Bill Snyder do? He turns internal even more. No, you're not going on the road. We got to win this game. Now, there's some real truth to that, but it only compounds the issues. Yeah. We got to beat Oklahoma State. You guys are staying in. We got a coach. Now, they'll be out next week with the off week, but they're not going to be out missing practices. I mean, they'll speed out of here on Friday and Saturday and see high school and junior college or. You know, high school in Texas on Saturday, whatever, however it works out. But, yeah, they, he's going to do what he's always done. The same damn thing repeatedly over and over and over and over and over. And pretty soon they're going to get. And by God, they have in the past gotten better. Yeah. You're, you're asking him to learn a new trick. And 79-year-olds do not learn new tricks. I, I don't do it as well as I used to. I'll say this. I, I don't think he's going to 
if he uses any the four game redshirt rule this year, it's not because he intended to use it. It's just he had to play a kid, and in the past it would have burned a redshirt. He's going to use a kid just exactly like he would have in the past. And if he only plays four games, two years ago he would have burned a year, and now he won't burn a year. And that's just the way the rules stack up. But I'm not going to look at this kid and say, "Hey, I can get you in for four games now. It doesn't matter. This is a new thing." He's not going to do that. He's just, I, I don't see him doing that. So that's the same way with this. I, he's going to do what he's always done, get a little bit better every day. And they have gotten a little bit better. Maybe it's because Baylor was a little bit worse or a lot of bit worse. And we'll see if that starts to make progress. The problem is, is right when they start making progress in the past, you go to Norman and you go to Fort Worth. That's when they start ticking upwards in the past. Let's remember... They went to Stillwater last year and were without DJ Reed. There was no way they were winning that game. None. So, I, you know, I don't know. But he, he did that by doing what he's always done over and over and over. We'll be back after this break. This is the Powercat Podcast. The gang will return with more of the Powercat Podcast. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. Back to Fitz on the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Welcome to another apparently extended edition of the Power Camp Podcast. For two weeks in a row, I won't shut up. I like it. Our fans like it. You I'll, talk too much. You talk too much. I, I'm just, just dominating. The have questions. a lot of thoughts. Have a lot of opinions. They get me into trouble sometimes, but I've always said what I believe, and I believe I've said a lot. We're not here to to you know sit idly by. We're here to give our take. I would sit idly by now. I would, but I'm not. You've done enough of your career. You're just done. Uh, yeah, I'm done. That's it. I'm catching. Hey, everyone. This is the Powercat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. 11 a.m. game on Saturday, so it's a little bit early to stop it's in the fridge. It's incredible. But uh, if you, they open at nine, I so was going to say, don't they open? You can get in there. I mean. It's going to be rainy, so you guys aren't probably, you know, going to be tailgating like you normally do. I get, I get. Or you'll that. be doing whiskey pulls under your tent. 
That sounds dirty. Hey, uh, but after the game, win or lose, stop by the fridge, get a little celebration booze or a little sorrow booze, and don't drink it in the car. Don't do that. Don't. Nope. Nope. I don't care if you're going across the town or if you're driving all the way to Kansas City or to uh, Ashland, Kansas, and uh, you know who you are. (laughs) Do not drink in the car. (laughs) But when you get home... That alcohol from the fridge wholesale liquor will taste better than any other alcohol you have ever had. And I oversold that incredibly. But do it. Stop in the fridge at the corner of Claflin and Westport. And we're brought to you this segment by the High Low. If you're sticking around on Saturday night after the game, go to the High Low. Do that. You can stop in Tanner's. You can stop in Wahoo to eat. But go to the High Low. You're going to like it. It's right there in the heart of Aggieville. You might know it as uh, Aggie Station, new or old, or scoreboard, or what else was it in there? I don't know. Yeah, yeah so many things. Longhorns? No, what Longhorns? That's a different yeah. place. I hate when I people ask me that. There's something else I'll always, you know, I'll tell like my aunt or whatever about a bar and... Now, which one was that when I was in school? And I'm like, well, I, you're not even that old, but it's oh, changed Oh, Purple so Pig. Much. I forgot the Purple uh. Pig was in there. Anyway, stop in the high-low. Say hi to Seth and the whole gang. Great staff, great bar, great food, and play a little Milwaukee roulette. Get the mystery beer that pops out of a machine. You know what? Sometimes you, just, sometimes you just got to pay $3 for a Natty Light or a Bush Light. Like, sometimes you just got to do it. It's kind of like K-State football. You're paying your money up front, and then uh, you go to the game, and it's a natty light of a performance. But sometimes you'll get a Boulevard Wheat, and you'll beat Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Yeah! It's the overtime. Here's Zach. Let's go. From Exhausted Nihilist, D. Scott's Rewind mentioned a representative of Conference USA that was in attendance at the game. Is it typical for a run-of-the-mill Big 12 conference game? And if not, who should be more concerned, Baylor or K-State? How did I miss that? I edited the story. Oh, dude, he got his Twitter replies were fire on that tweet. People were pissed at him. D Scott? Yeah. And they're trying, I don't know why. Why does it matter? Yeah. (laughs) Why was he there? I don't know. That's what we were trying to figure out. I mean, I didn't really look at the scene chart or anything, but I'm sure there's Are we sure he was there from Conference USA and not. He was. And, and I'm just speculating here, so don't take this as, like, this is why he was there. It wouldn't shock me if he works for the CUSA, he lives in Waco or Dallas, and he said, you know what, I just want to go see a football game. Bingo. That's probably exactly And he got a credential. Because they would. They would. I mean, he's legitimate, athletic. Look, if you were closer to conference realignment, yeah, maybe some alarm bells go off. But the CUSA ain't coming here to pick off Baylor or Kansas State. They might pick off Baylor. You gotta get. You gotta cut Baylor first. Uh huh. Yeah. We can all wish. Honestly, I bet he probably just wanted to go to a game, and he works for the CUSA. That or was a business trip, kind of him going to check out, maybe see what either K State or Baylor, their athletic departments did for maybe content or you know video or officiating or you who who knows what it could be. I mean, it could be they share officials, don't they? I don't know. I I think they do. It could be that. I mean, there's a lot of don't read into it. Yeah, don't it's not to it. Not anything. And I don't know who it was. Alarmed. Maybe he's a friends with the AD at Baylor. Maybe he's just yeah. friends and he was in. You got to have something on you your think credential. You think he'd be in his box. I don't know. It's your, your credential has to read something. So, Mine says Mr. It, Fantastic. Yours says nothing because you don't go to road games anymore. <laughs> I'd, I would venture that there was. you're lazy because you can't. 
I'd venture there was a legitimate business purpose if he was using Conference USA as his, as his thing, but I wouldn't say it was. But it wasn't anything to, to be alarmed by. It's like yeah. it's not a. It's it's still if, if we any, joke about it. Him being there for Conference Realignment. If anyone it's not wants, a real thing. if anyone wants to spread the rumor that Baylor's getting kicked down to Conference USA, I'm down with that rumor getting some legs. <laughs> I'm good with that. We can confirm that he was there. So, so which, I'm just saying, if you had to take a Conference USA team to trade, who would you take? I don't know who's a coverage. Yeah, team. ever since the realignment in the There's American, so many weird can teams. you name all twelve? Because oh, I because I would have said no. SMU, but wait, nope. were they in the, were no. they used to be in the CUSA? SMU is in the American. Right, no, but were they in the CUSA before that? Um, who knows? Who's, yeah. to who's to say? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Um, uh, you got UTSA, North Texas. Um, I'd take UTEP so we could see old Dana again. I would take UTSA. Nah. You go to San Antonio. I'm not talking quality of teams. This is about the vacations I like to take. I would like to go to San Antonio. Quick, what conference is Tulane in? Are they in the American? They're in the American. Ah, all the good ones are in somewhere else. Hey, we get to go in a there better in 20, conference. 2022. Where's all the, UNLV? All the good ones are in a Mount better West. conference. Okay, here we go. Middle Tennessee. No. Florida International. No. no. Marshall. No. Is FAU in that? Yeah, they're next, but I'm still stuck oh, on Marshall. I would love to go to Boca Raton. Charlotte, Western Kentucky, Old Dominion. I got Which I think it's cool Dominion. that a freight line has a school. <laughs> they're teaching truck drivers. That's pretty cool. Uh, UAB, UTSA, Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, North Texas, Rice, and UTEP. God, that conference sucks. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take Florida... Florida Atlantic, so we can go to Boca Raton and cover Link Kiffin. I like how we say no to Florida International, which is just a stone's throw away from Boca Raton. Oh, it has nothing with distance. It's just Boca Raton, I've heard, is very cool. And then according again, to Lane Kiffin out in the public, now, it has quite the again, bar Florida district. Atlantic has built a new stadium within the last 10 years. I'll give them that. Florida International hasn't. I'm just saying... My so my cousin is a cheerleader for Old Dominion, and they played Florida Atlantic last weekend. And I saw her Snapchats. Boca Raton looks fun. Yeah, it looks not, incredible. Um, I don't. You know what? It's I didn't know you had a Division One cheerleader cousin. Yes, That's sir. awesome. You he keeps a lot of secrets. Inspect that. So here's what's amazing: is if, if we're going to get that rumor started that Baylor's getting kicked out of the Big Twelve and they're going to end up in Conference USA, they have to slide below the American. Which actually makes a lot of sense for them because of Houston, SMU, Tulsa, Memphis. I mean, what happens when Texas secedes from the Union, though? I mean, they can't be in the American anymore. <laughs> oh. Well, then you have to change the conference to the Americas conference. <laughs> uh, let's see. Cincinnati, Central Florida. So if that makes sense, if when Baylor is kicked out of the Big 12, not if, I'm I'm running with this, guys. I'm running with this. Uh, that the, the team coming up would probably be from the American. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's already spreading through athletic director circles, <laughs> wink, wink, that Rice will move into the American and join their buddies at SMU and Houston. And that Baylor will slide to Conference USA. Someone tweet that. But don't don't per our Tim per our Tim don't Fitzgerald. Leave me out of it. And <laughs> then say, sources say. So sources tell me that Baylor is being moved into Conference no, USA. That Cincinnati Baylor could. Got to throw the could. Wait, in you're there. gonna take Cincinnati when two lanes available? Come on, think about think um, about yourself. There, we got we got to sell this crap as somewhat believable. 
<laughs> They're going to take Cincinnati. Our company can't afford to go to Tulane that much. <laughs> what? Why? Why did you guys go broke? Uh, well, Fitz went to Tulane three weeks before kickoff. <laughs> He missed. He says he doesn't and go he to missed, road he games. Missed the game. <laughs> What's amazing is, is he came back before kickoff. <laughs> he said, "I just can't do it. I just I can't, can't do road games." <laughs> he went to the Superdome instead. <laughs> okay, moving on. From T. Everson, thoughts on Mike Stoops being told to hit the bricks mid-season? Uh, what a power wow. move by Lincoln Riley. Hey Bob, and I refuse to believe he didn't make the call. Who Lincoln? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was rumors that it came from over his head. No. That the AD and the president did it together. No, no, no. Well, they probably had to back him up on it. Look, Lincoln Riley, oh, yeah. He came in due to the situation late, obviously. He wasn't going to fire him in year one because, holy crap, talk about a set of nuts. But year two, he said, okay, Mike, your brother's not here, but you still have the job. I want to see an improved defense. And then they gave up 48 points to Texas, missed more tackles probably than Kansas State did. Ouch. And he said, get out of my town. I don't even want to see you in the stadium anymore. I don't know if he actually said that, I but I like, to, I like to think I, he said that. I think Lincoln's class, he said, thank you for your service. Um, you have a guarantee contract. You will get paid that. See you later. His buyout's not that much. He's a coordinator. Most coordinators aren't. I mean, still, I, I, well, I mean, I figured Bob would have gotten him in good. If you have a high buyout, it represents the notion that other people want you. Here's my question. They knew they didn't have to do a high buyout there. Did he call? He refused to comment on this when asked about it. Did he, he call Bob Stoops? He absolutely did. Do you think? He absolutely did. And Bob probably said, I understand. Yeah, probably. I, sad think, I think Bob Stoops... Uh, would admit to himself, but never anyone else, that if Mike Stoops was named Mike Jones and not his brother, he would have been fired a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Easy. Easy. But he wasn't going to fire his brother, but he's also not going to go to war when his brother's was that obviously bad. From Pickles, also another Mike Stoops question. Oh, he boy. spent more time with Bill and probably has a more open schedule than Marcus Watts. Would you consider <laughs> changing football analyst? He would be fun. See, I would love to have him on here, except our soundboard can't control how loud he gets. Oh, he'd blow out the mics. Guys, he throws things. He bangs on the window and yells unspeakable things. Fitz would have to bleep out. Everything he says. Fitz right? would be the clean, the clean speaker around this office. And, and at the end of the day, I Colin think G. I think Mike will end up doing that. I think Mike will end up doing color. He's got that old like. <sighs> I wouldn't hire him. Are you kidding me? He's a name man. Ugh. There's He's plenty name. other names out there. I hope Mike gets another head coaching job. Now it might be at a Florida Atlantic when when Lane Kiffin gets a P5 job again. Yeah. Not Arizona. He did. He was so up and down in Arizona. He kind of fell into the same trap. He he kind of hired too many people from his circle. Sometimes you need to do that, but you also need to bring in some other ideas. From Adam K sixty three, do you guys now have plans during the holidays? Since it's not likely that K State will make a bowl. Not yet. I think you're overbooking this here, Adam. Guys, I booked a spring break trip last year, and then K State decided to go to the Elite Eight. What so, were the chances so of that? You picked another trip for Christmas. <laughs> I thought about it. 
A lost Saturday will get me closer to doing something, but probably not because of other things. I mean, I looked into it, looked into going to Vegas because I still want to go to Vegas. That's where we would go too. But also, all my friends are still in college, so they're all in classes till the 13th. That's what happens when you graduate early, right? Yeah, I know. Um, and you, you, not like it would have changed anything. And, and your friends with a bunch of people who drink a lot who are not graduating early, yeah. they're going to take their damn time. So, you know, I, I looked into it. But honestly, if K-State misses a bowl game, I'll turn my focus to basketball. And for the first time in two years now, I will spend Christmas at home, <laughs> go to Beloit. <laughs> Man, I don't know when I'm going to go to Beloit again. It Julie will be Christmas. Will love that. I was going to go to Beloit this Friday. For home, it's homecoming. I was going to hit the game and then come back early for the Oklahoma State. We got Madness Manhattan on Friday. <laughs> Julie would love that if you're home for Christmas. Look, K-State basketball is in Kansas City on December 22nd. Yeah. So we will all be there. Yeah, it's Saturday night before Christmas. Okay. It's beautiful scheduling. I love it. School's out of session when they should be playing these games. Love it. Wish they had Vanderbilt at home. but So we don't have kids. And in my selfish world, we would fly out on the 23rd and, and be gone. Spend Christmas in Las Vegas? Absolutely. All right. No, what, we don't have kids. I wasn't criticizing you. I just was questioning it. We don't. We don't have. We don't. What are we gonna do? Are we gonna do? The dogs don't know. The dogs. <laughs> <clears throat> dogs will be. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't. I, I, we'll see how everything else in my life sorts out between now and then. From pickles, I don't believe Fitz can say, but do oh. Riley or Zach have a Heisman favorite to date? I don't know if I'm a voter. What? Because Kevin Haskin was the. Kansas representative oh. for that, and I haven't been contacted. I don't know who it is. I don't know if I'm a voter. Well, Fitz, you're picking this game, so how about you give us a key to <laughs> You can't make a pick, but you can give us a key to the game, well, Kirk. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I do know. I, go ahead. To a tag of Iola from Alabama. Holy crap. Yeah. The college Pat Mahomes. Well, I mean, I was a big Will Greer fan until... Saturday, yeah. that was just awful. Guys, Tua is almost to 1,500 passing yards, has thrown 18 touchdowns and zero interceptions. He doesn't play in the fourth quarter. He might win the Heisman Trophy never playing a fourth quarter. Yeah. Him. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I him. agree. And I, I think I should get an award for being able to say Tag of Viola. I like it. There's no candidates on the Kansas State Wildcats. I'm just saying. I that. can confirm this report. Okay. From Pickles again, is K-State an angsty fan base? It seems that angsty. between Dimmel Curry, spelled wrong, uh, Weber, Hill, and now Snyder, we have been more than willing to run people out of town over the last several years. Well, okay. You, you were off the mark on Dimmel. Let's all admit it. He wasn't that bad. Curry needed to happen for reasons that have been well detailed. What was the one after that? Weber. You could, I mean, you could still argue that maybe he should have been shown the door, but I, I contend that without an AD change, it he happens. gets. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think John Curry was going to do it. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, that is fortune. I don't think that one was over the line. Brad Hill had people didn't to care go. That. I mean, people, nobody was running him out. Of, I mean, I don't the, think any of these people run out of town or the, the, are going to be running serious out of town. baseball people. In some ways, wanted to change, but. There was also baseball people didn't want to change. It's baseball. Nobody was that passionate. 
You didn't even sorry. run Dana Dimmel out of town. Dana Dimmel got a head coaching job. Right. Which you'd be a fool to not take if you want to one day perhaps be the coach at Kansas State. Right. But with all that said, I don't think K-State's any different than most fan bases. Exactly, yeah. If anything, K-State's a more calm fan base. Oh, absolutely. I mean, how many coaches uh, – Nebraska fired Bo Pelini at 9-4. and four. Uh, uh, Georgia fired Mark Richt. I mean, it could be a lot worse than this. A&M, A&M's chewing through coaches, and now they're permanently yeah, married call. to a guy named Jimbo. Good call on that one. But is Jimbo a college football coach name? Absolutely. Yeah, it is. This is also a uh, good name for a shrimp fisherman. In the boondocks of Louisiana. Fair I, enough. I am Jimbo. On one of them and, fan and, boats. And my boat's named Fisher. <laughs> From Canelio, I miss Hibachi Hut. How about you? Eh. I miss the old I mean, original Hibachi Hut before it changed hands and got watered down and slowly died. And I'm gonna be blunt. I never went to Hibachi Hut. I not, actually, not, actually, I never went to Hibachi Hut before it was Hibachi Hut downtown. I never went to the Hibachi Hut original, but I will say this: I went to Texas Star. All the time. So do I miss Hibachi yet? Yeah, because that means that Texas Star would be back. Look, that's what I want. They had a coaching change. The Cox brothers moved out of the kitchen to other things, and Hibachi was never the same. And even even when they moved downtown, putting the Cox brothers back in there to help didn't do it because it wasn't the location. It was this whole beautiful thing of location and crappiness in terms of atmosphere. And the food, it was, it was just, you couldn't, you can't move a place like that. You can't over-renovate a place like that. It's got to be what it is. And it wasn't that anymore, and the food deteriorated, and you're screwed. I came to Manhattan in a weird time. I just want a chicken fried chicken from <laughs> Texas Star again. Yeah. They were giant. They were the size of the plate. I feel like. Delicious. I feel like a comfort food bar would do well. You know, yeah, you got perhaps. the food menu. We're going to do big old comfort food dishes here. There you go. And then now we're a bar um, and it'll work. That's me. That's all I got to say on that. Last question of the podcast from Adam K. 63. Oh, really? He's going to finish it? Well, Zach yells at me whenever I pick Parker. So. Well, it's yeah, Parker. Parker didn't get picked. Yeah. Ha! I didn't think his question was that great this week. I uh, got to hey, Parker. Step up your game, man. Well, and serious in, crap. And in fairness, his question overlaps this question. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Adam K63, will there be any sanctions against Riley for eating chicken at Whataburger? There will not be. Okay, uh, guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on the record. You're gonna decide your own penalty here. No, what? No. Okay, go There's ahead. No okay. Penalty. Fitz and I have made sanctions. fun of people. Fitz and I have made fun of people for eating chicken at Waterburger. Yeah, that's me. You're making fun of me. Now, however, I will say this: when I made fun of people for eating chicken at Waterburger, I made fun of people for eating a grilled chicken breast sandwich at Waterburger. More. That was more of my attack. However, I've worked for this company since 2015. I've been going to Waterburger since 2016 because Fitz didn't take me anywhere my first year. Didn't trust you. Dick. Um, well said. So, so I was experiencing Whataburger, cheeseburgers, patty melts. Yeah. It was incredible. Oh yeah. I've been there a few times. Talk dirty to me. 
I, I've had my fair share of Oklahoma and Texas trips now. I've had about everything you could have. What hadn't I had before? One of their four pictures they put on that menu, and that is the Honey Barbecue Chicken Strip Sandwich. We were in Edmond, Oklahoma. We oh, at, going, the, at the new Whataburger, the, the Primo Whataburger, the new one that didn't spell funny, that's awesome? Quote unquote. I like how we call it new. Yeah, but like I mean, I've there been there for, like for like going years. years. Yeah. Compared to most Whataburgers, that damn thing's new. So, quote unquote. Yes. So, so yes, I, I, I said, we're in Edmond. We still got to get to Waco. I know we're probably going to have Whataburger after the game, which means multiple Whataburger trips, which means I won't go away with one bad experience only, and I've always wanted to try this. Let's do the honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich. Oh, he just scared me when he hit the table. And guys, I'm here to tell you, it didn't suck. It was actually incredible. That's great for you. Uh, so let me back up. You had Whataburger multiple times? Twice. Did And you had the other time? Patty Melt. This is why I forgive him. It's not like we go to Whataburger every week and we have a wide selection thing. When I go to Whataburger, I get a burger because I like their burgers. I have nothing against their chicken strips. In fact, I've I've had a single with chicken strips as a meal, and it was good. But I haven't done it again because the patty melt is awesome, and the triple with triple cheese is religion. <laughs> Instead of fries, Fitz will get another sandwich. <laughs> oh, exactly. I'm not a big fries fan, and I'm a burger fan. Fries really don't do it for me. They actually were pretty good this day. They were actually yeah. really good. <laughs> but the fact that they did it multiple times... Th- you almost have to, you know, do the burger and then do the chicken strips. It's a, it's a two-day trip. Now, if you're only making one trip to Oklahoma or Texas in a year, I don't suggest getting chicken. Right. We only really get it once a year, maybe twice. I don't Look, know. we're going back. Eat what you want to eat. Guys, we're people. going to Norman. It's not what a chicken, man. You got to get the burger more often than the chicken. We're going to Norman in two weeks. We're going to Fort Worth after that. And then Zach and I are going to go to Stillwater, Norman, Lubbock, Austin. I can't Waco. wait for Lent season so you get to order a water catch. We're not going to be there but one Friday. Water catch. Is that our thing? And we're not even so going to be. Vicious. Lent is late this year, so joke's on you. I'm going to have to eat fish what the, during the NCAA tournament. The Pope moved back the season? It always <laughs> alternates. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't say it always alternates. Yes, it, it changes. Does. Sometimes it's alternates would mean Sometimes it two. begins in February. Other times it begins in March. Hmm. You guys should brush up on your religion. I'd say it moves around. Yeah. I wouldn't say al- alternates a bad term. Oh, my God. Whatever. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I don't, I don't, I'm Protestant. I had I chicken at Whataburger, and it was good. Sue me. Well, I'm happy for you, Riley. I'm happy for you, Zach, that your evil influence has poured into his soul, and he now is eating what a chicken. And now we go to Taco Cabana sometimes. <laughs> Great decision by Zach, by the way. Hey. We're rolling in town 20 minutes before this high school okay, game starts. 40 minutes before the game. It w- we ordered at 6.55. Let's be real. Let's go and on. The games, oh, you're at Taco Cabana? We yeah. roll in at Taco Cabana, and I'm looking at this place, and I'm thinking, this kind of looks like a sit-down place. And Zach's like, no, 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 it's it's, it's kind of like Fuzzy's go-to. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. We didn't leave Taco Cabana until 7.22. That's not good. After snarfing down. I've never eaten a quesadilla faster. It seriously took us 25 minutes to get our food. Like, it was a great call by Zach Carlson to go to Taco Cabana. Well, that's how we're going to finish the podcast with making fun of Zach. And that's kind of good. 
It's kind of good. It's kind of like our weekly Go Pyrocat picks. I don't even know who's leading this week, but I'm sure they'll get trashed in the, the story. That's it for the Pyrocat Podcast. Fitz and Riley and Zach, and of course, all of our friends at the Fridge, at Tanner's, at Wahoo, because that was a Wahoo of a second segment right there, the second half, and of course, the High Low. We will talk to you next week. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.